Hey everyone, it's Jamie Crozier here, and welcome to the Organize Like a Pro podcast. Today, I have a question for you. Think about the next upcoming couple of months. What kind of events are you attending? Maybe it's a birthday party. Maybe it's a wedding. Maybe it's a vendor show or some type of shopping event or expo. All of these things are so much fun. Have you ever wondered how to plan any of these events yourself? Well, today we are going to talk about how to plan a vendor show. I really think that the steps of planning a vendor show, while we're talking specifically about vendor shows, they can really be implemented in any type of event that you may need to help plan in the future. A birthday party, an anniversary lunch, a graduation dinner, anything like that, I think these tips and tricks can inspire you to think about ways to make your planning process simpler and easier and more fun for you and your team. Now, I started planning vendor shows when I decided to have a side hustle or side job, a little thing that I did on the side just for me to earn a little bit of extra income. And I found that I was attending vendor shows, which was awesome, and taking my little boutique there, and it was so much fun. And I thought, you know, I really would love to do more of these in my local area instead of having to drive hours away to vendor shows. So that's when a few friends of mine and I teamed up and we decided to plan some different types of vendor shows. So I'm going to talk to you about those today and those steps. But like I said, you could use these tips and tricks really to plan any type of event. I hope they inspire you to make your next gathering spectacular. So some of the things we are going to be talking about in particular are building or your facility. So like where are you going to have your event and what are some things that you might need to make sure are happening in your event or the facility or the building. We are going to talk about thinking about what things to purchase for the event. We're going to talk about social media and promotion. We are going to talk about staffing. And last but not least, we are going to talk about vendors. So let's hop right in. So let's talk about choosing a building. One thing that you will want to make sure of whatever size event you have is that the building is the right size. You don't want the space to be too big or too small. You also want to make sure that you have adequate parking and you want to ask the building how much they charge to rent out, you want to think about having time beforehand and afterwards for a setup for your vendors. You'll want to give your vendors at least one hour ahead of time to set up and one hour afterwards to set up. And if it's possible, it would be great to offer night before setup. So when you're thinking about renting or using a building, you'll want to make sure that you have that extra time buffered in. Also, you want to look at the parking and make sure that the parking is easy for for your shoppers of the event, not just your vendors. And it may even be that you ask your vendors to pull up, unload, and park somewhere else so that the 
best parking spots are available for your shoppers. The other thing that you want to think about for your building is to make sure that you have adequate space to have booths. I typically like to offer 10 by 10 booth spaces and if someone wants a larger space, they can purchase a double booth for 10 by 20. So what I do is I just take painter's tape and if I can, I go into the building and I just kind of mark off on the floor some painter's tape to see how many booth spaces I actually have. That will let me know how many vendors I can have at the facility. As it gets closer to the event, you will want to see if you can go in and with the painter's tape, mark off those spots. And it would be great for you to label the booths with whoever is assigned to that spot so that when your vendors come into the building, they can just look for the label that has their name on it and know that is their booth. You also want to think about extension cords and go ahead and have those available in the booth spaces that they may be needed. Let's talk about things to purchase. Now, this is really different from vendor show to vendor show. It's also very different from different types of events. If it's a birthday party, you'll need to purchase, you know, maybe paper plates and props. If it's a graduation dinner or lunch, you know, same kind of thing. For a vendor show, I like to purchase photo props so that people can take pictures of themselves while they're at the vendor show. I love to do events that are surrounded by some type of holiday. So maybe it's Easter or Valentine's Day, Christmas, Thanksgiving. And then I like to create little photo booths that go along with that holiday. The other thing that you can do is you can easily make one of those frames and maybe they have the name of your event on the frame and you can ask people to take pictures of themselves in the frame and post it on social media and tag your event. So if you do something like that, you'll just wanna make sure to purchase those items. What I do is I keep a running list of things that I need to purchase. So whether it's on your phone, you have a little note taker, or just a piece of paper and a pencil that's always handy, As you think about things that you want to do at your event and it's going to require you to purchase something, then just write it down. And a week before the event, make sure you have everything that you need in one place whether it's in a box or a tote box or a bag, whatever, have it all set and ready to go so that when you go to the event to set up, you have everything in the right place. The next thing we are going to talk about is social media and promotion. This is a big, big deal. This Doing this right will ensure that your event is a success. So I'm gonna tell you some things that I do and I hope that this inspires you to think about some things that you might do. You can take them or leave them or add to them. Something that I like to do is a 50-50 raffle. Now, where you live, you may need to get a license for this and it's just something fun and extra to do. Also, we like to promote different things. If we're promoting the same thing about the event, event on social media, then it gets a little boring. Someone already has seen the same post that you made five times and they might just brush it off. But if you have different things to talk about, then you can make those things separate posts and it just 
is a little bit different for people to look at. So I like to post about the 50-50 raffle in a separate post. I ask all of my vendors to share that post and to post about the 50-50 raffle. And then if we're doing something else like a photo booth, then you can post about that in a different post and ask all your vendors to post about that as well. I like posting things in little bits at a time than one big long post that shows everything that you're having because when that's a lot of information, it's hard for people to take in, especially when they're scrolling. But if they're scrolling and they see a graphic that talks about a 50-50 raffle and it's very simple and plain and has the date and the time, they see that. And then the next week, if they're scrolling and they see a graphic that talks about a fun Easter photo booth and it gives the date and the time, they see that. So what I do to make sure that we have cognitive recognition for these events is that even though each post is posting about something different that's happening at the event, I try to make them look similar. I try to use the same fonts in all the graphics of the post and also the same color so that they, when they start to see those colors and those fonts and even For the Easter one, you could do an Easter bunny that is the same in every graphic. They start to recognize that, oh, this is the same event. It's just talking about different things happening at the event. That anytime they see something with that same color, that same font, or maybe that same logo, they recognize that it's the event that you're planning. The other great resource that you may have in your area is your local chamber. Always check with them and see if they will help you advertise the event. Now, even if you yourself are not a member of the chamber in your area, it's very possible that some of your vendors are or that the building, the place that you're having your event is, you can come together and approach your chamber to see if they will help you advertise the event because someone participating in the event is a chamber member. The other thing that I love to do is digital advertisements. So if you have an email list of any kind or if any of your vendors attending has an email list of any kind, you'll want to create some type of digital graphic that they can include in their emails. So a great example of this is in one of the events that we put together, we actually have at a location that also rents out their facility for birthday parties and they are booked all the time with birthday parties. So we provide them with a digital copy of the event and have asked that when they confirm birthday parties that they would say, hey, you are also invited to this event that's happening on this date with a little graphic. And they're generous to do that because they want people to come to their facility, not only for this event, but they want them to come and see their facility and then they can in turn have them as customers for other events at their facility. So it's a great way to partner. Another type of way that you can advertise is through printed materials. Now, since COVID, a lot of people have gone away from printed materials simply because of touching the same items over and over again. So I've really backed off on this a little bit, but printed materials are still a great way to advertise in certain situations. If you have places in your community that you can put up a flyer, printing a flyer is pretty simple and easy, and it's a way 
to market your event. The other thing that I do is I always ask my vendors if they would benefit from having some type of printed material. Not all of them do, but there's also some vendors that have their own brick and mortar shop and having a printed item that they can hand to their customers when they check out to let them know that they're also going to be at your event and that they can come and shop your your local business and other businesses all in one place on one day is very beneficial. So always make sure to check with my vendors and see if they would like some printed material. And then an easy way to print would be you could print on Vista print, which is very cost effective. It might take a little bit longer for those to come in. It takes a few weeks when you have them shipped to you. So make sure you plan ahead. Or you can just find a local printer and print locally, especially flyers. They don't need to be on thick paper. So you can typically print those locally at low cost. Another way to advertise your event through social is paid advertising. This is one of those things that you might just have to test out and see if it works for you. But for my larger events, I always do paid Facebook advertising. I do a $100 advertisement and that seems to work well for me. But I also ask all of our vendors to be sharing the event. I kind of say, look, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'm going to pay for Facebook advertising, but I need everyone else to also advertise on your own social media platforms. And so when the both of us do that together, it's really beneficial. So we've talked about the building and the facility. We've talked about what to purchase and to make sure you have those items. We've talked about social media and promotion. So now we are going to talk about staffing. I always try to have staff at our events, especially large events. And also, I am usually a vendor at the events that I plan myself. So when the event is happening, I want to be available to be at my own booth and help my customers. So I don't consider myself part of the staff the day of the event. But if you can do that, that would be great. But if you aren't yourself a vendor, then you could totally staff your event too. Depending on the size of your event will depend on how many staff members you will want to have. For an event that has, let's say, 35 to 45 vendors, I think having four or five staff members is ideal. Some things that you want to have the staff know about is where each vendor should be. So providing them with a little bit of a map and the name of the vendors and where they should be is helpful because even though you have the booths labeled, sometimes vendors still have a hard time finding their spot. And so if you have someone at the door that kind of can show them where their booth spot is, a general location, that's really helpful to your vendors. I also like to have staff members that are there just to kind of help pick up and clean as things happen. If you have food at your event, you may have trash that doesn't make it to the garbage can or you may have garbage cans that are overloaded. Even the bathroom garbage cans can sometimes get full or toilet paper is missing. Now, I know if you're renting out a space, you may think, well, that's the responsibility of the 
people that own the facility. And I understand that, but that is something that you'll want to make sure you talk to them about. Ask them if they're going to have someone there that is checking all of those things at your event. Because if you're lacking those things, it looks bad on your event. Now, it may look bad on the facility too, but you don't want anything to go wrong at your event. You want people to recognize your events as being clean and orderly, both on the vendor side and on the customer side so that they want to come back to your events wherever they are held. So I always try to have a few people and that's just their job. Their job is to just check garbage cans, check and make sure nothing is on the floor when it shouldn't be and just kind of making sure that the place is tidy. The other thing that might be above and beyond is if you have a vendor event that goes over a mealtime and let's say you have food trucks there, it might be really nice to have a staff person who will go to the vendors and take orders for them then go to the food trucks, get their order and bring it back. It's just a really nice touch that helps everyone. Number one, it helps the vendors. They don't have to leave their booths to go make a food order. And number two, it helps the food trucks that are there if they can sell to all the vendors. It makes their time worthwhile. And it just takes a little bit of extra time on your part as the planner to have someone that can do that for your vendors. I guarantee you that if you do this for your vendors, they will think that your hospitality and your attention to detail is amazing and they will want to go with you at any other event that you plan. Speaking of vendors, this is the last topic we're gonna talk about with this and it's the biggest one. I saved the biggest one for last, but it's my most favorite because I love the relationships that I get to make with the different vendors and I love how we kind of form this bond where we attend other vendor shows together. So with the vendors, the first thing that you'll want to do with your event is you'll want to make a vendor registration form. I usually do this no less than four months in advance, and you can even do six months in advance, but vendors plan ahead, their calendars get busy, so to make sure that you have enough time to really get the right vendors for your event, you'll want to make that vendor registration with plenty of notice. I use Google Forms. You can use whatever application works for you. Some things to consider on that vendor registration form is to ask them if they need a wall space, ask them if they need a table, ask them if they need electricity. You can charge extra for these things or not. It just depends on your event. But those are great things for you to know when you arrange what vendor is going to be in what location. The other thing that's helpful is to make sure they understand some of your expectations. So if you expect that they have a certain amount of cash and carry, you should explain that. If you expect that they are set up and ready to go at a certain time, you should explain that. If you expect that they do not leave early, you should explain that. On the application, if you wanna make sure that you have a variety of vendors, you should also let them know that while you appreciate their applying for your vendor event, that once the application is received, you will be taking some time to make sure there aren't duplicate vendors and you will get back to them to let them know if they're approved or not. Now, the vendors will appreciate this because no one wants to go to a vendor show where every other vendor is similar to them. It means that they're not gonna make a 
lot of money. But if someone gets to go to a vendor show and every vendor is different and unique, you are going to have more customers excited about coming to one place for a variety of items and each vendor is going to profit generously. After you've made that vendor registration form, I would suggest that the first thing you do is you only share it with vendors that you have relationship with or vendors that have attended any previous events of yours. It's kind of one of those unspoken rules or courtesies that at a vendor show, if someone has been to a previous show, they are going to be given first opportunity at the next show. I usually try to give these vendors one or two weeks to get their applications in before I open it to anyone who wants to come. And I always try to make sure that I make that clear in how I communicate. So if we have a Facebook group for our vendors, I always try to put in there that I am holding this link only for people that are in this group for the next two weeks to apply so that they have first dibs on the vendor show. And after that, we are going to be opening it up to any other vendor in the area who would like to come. The other thing that you might do for your vendors a little bit before the vendor show is to go ahead and send them a menu of items that your food trucks are going to be carrying. What you could do is contact your food trucks and let them know that you want to make sure their event is successful. So you are going to be providing your vendors with a menu ahead of time and want to know if they will honor pre-orders. This will help the food truck also know what to bring and what they are already have sold. Then I would take that menu and give it to all the vendors and let them know that they can pre-order their lunch, that at the event, someone will get their order for them and deliver it directly to their booths. If at all possible, see if you can collect payment ahead of time so it's not something that anyone has to deal with the day of the event. If your vendor show is a recurring vendor show, maybe you have one every month, every quarter, maybe you have it around certain holidays, it's always great to have an idea of when the date for the next event is going to be before the first event is over. So for example, the event that I'm planning next is for Easter. So before the Easter event happens, I am going to try to have our summer event lined up, at least with the date and the registration for ready. Then before the Easter market is over, I want to give my current vendors a save the date for the next event. If the form is ready to share, then I will go ahead and share the registration form with them so that they can sign up for the next event. I will also let them know that the form, the registration form will be available for one week after the event. It is just very helpful, regardless of what type of rotating event you're planning, that you have the next event date already there for your customers to save the date. So when you're planning this vendor event, let's say it is for Easter like mine and customers are coming in, you can make sure that all the vendors and the staff people that are there know the following date and they can be telling the customers, did you have so much fun at this Easter event? We are going to have a summer event and it's on such and such date. If you have flyers or handouts of any kind, you can also put that save the date on those flyers so that when your customers check out of the first event, they are given a little handout that tells them when the next event is. 
Now, the week of the event, you'll want to make sure that you communicate with all of your vendors things like if there's Wi-Fi at the event. If so, is there a password they need? You want to communicate what time they can come set up and what time they need to be out. You want to communicate the parking instructions. Where can they park? When can they park? You want to communicate any contact information if they have questions. Will you have a cell phone on you? Are you going to be checking your email? Things like that. Let them know how to contact you if they need anything. An easy way to make sure that your vendors know all of this information from the registration information to the food trucks information to where their booth is going to be, the Wi-Fi, the setup times, the parking, how they can contact you, all of that information is to create one form of communication that you are going to use with your vendors and put that information on the registration form because it's an expectation. You want to make sure they understand this is the way we are going to communicate with each other. If that way of communication doesn't work for them, they have the opportunity to not attend your event. And that is totally fine. That's not being rude, but it's saying, this is how we are going to communicate with everyone. Please let me know that you understand this. The easiest way for me to do this is through a private Facebook group. So in my registration form, one of the questions that I have on there under the expectations section is that they understand that the way we will communicate is by joining a private Facebook group and that they will get an invite to that group once their vendor booth is paid. And then I have a little checkbox that says, I understand, yes or no. And I make sure that they have marked yes, they understand that. Once they have been approved and they pay their vendor booth fee, I invite them to that private Facebook group. And that is where we will communicate everything that needs to be communicated for the vendor show. The great thing about this is if you've made a list of all the things that you wanna communicate throughout the course of the planning for your vendor show, you can schedule those posts to post ahead of time which will save you a ton of work. You can schedule those all in one setting and then they post like magic to all of your vendors when you want them to post. All right, so today we talked about your building and your facility, things to purchase and how to make sure you have those things ready to go. We talked about social media and promotion. We talked about the benefits of having staff members and some different things they can do to help your event. And we talked about communicating with the vendors the expectations that you have for the event. I really hope that this sparks some great ideas for your event. If it's a vendor show or a birthday party, graduation dinner, whatever it might be, that your event will be successful and tons of fun. The last and most important thing I want to say about vendor shows is thank you. Thank you to all the people who help put on these shows. We have amazing teams that help put together our vendor shows, the ones that I'm a part of. And I know speaking with other vendors and the shows that you've been to, the ones that are successful, you know are successful because there's an amazing team that is putting together a lot of hard work behind the scenes. For the shows that I do, I wanna give a special thank you to Building 1225, which is one of the facilities I use most often for vendor shows, and they've been amazing to work with. I also wanna give 
give a special thank you to my partner in crime, Stephanie Eccles. All of these things that I have talked about, it's not ever me doing by myself, it's teamwork. And Stephanie and I have worked together on so many different events and she is a great person to have alongside to make sure that these events are successful. And when I first started out with vendor events, I learned from a couple gals named Tina and Noel. So if you're listening to this, ladies, I just want to say thank you so much for all the hard work that you put into your vendor shows. And thank you for letting me tag along for some of those. And thank you to everyone listening to this today. Thank you for listening. And if you found any of this information helpful, would you consider sharing it with a friend? Maybe you know someone who has a side business or participates in vendor shows. Would you consider sharing this episode with them? I hope that it helps them. I hope it helps you when you plan any of your events. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss when a new episode episode drops. My name is Jamie Crozier and this is Organized Like a Pro.